When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show, right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV, great to be with you. This the day after Thanksgiving. Happy Libations Friday. Happy uh, post-Thanksgiving. Feeling bloated? You feel better? Did you get a workout in? Did you drink some water? you get enough sleep? Have you awakened from the food coma? Everybody good? Ready for football? Bunch of it on today, by the way, as we broadcast. Good to be with you. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew. We're all here. We're working. Day before Florida State, Florida. Of course we are. Have to. So it's uh, it's good. Mom will be along shortly, next hour. I took uh, two of three from her last week, and uh, we both lost Green Bay, Detroit. We both had Detroit. And, uh, and then we both won the other two games. Those were pretty simple games to win. Dallas pulverizing Washington, and obviously San Francisco doing the same to Seattle. So we're good there to get you caught up. Uh, Andy Staples is going to join us on the Jeff Cameron Show today. Talked with him. Of course, he covers college football for the uh, On3 Network, but he also is uh, right there. That's his spot down there in Gainesville. He covers that team as well for On3. Figured I'd pick his brain a little bit uh, earlier in the week, and uh, so we did a video recording with him. You'll hear that this hour. And uh, got thoughts on what that team is and this quarterback that they're going to be facing and, and all that good stuff for Florida State. Uh, obviously, the same is true, backup quarterback situation, but one that we're pretty familiar with. So Tate Rodemaker uh, has an opportunity here to do something to gain a ton of confidence and uh, perhaps, uh, you know, I think kickstart this dropback passing game. It's, it's an element of his game that's a little stronger than Jordan's, and he could end up uh, really lighting it up. Or... He could 
fall into a shell and kind of get nervous and realize the the magnitude of the moment. And uh, next thing you know, we're trailing on the road at night in the swamp. 350 yards down the middle or not even in play. I mean, it's <laughs> we're reteeing before the ball hits the ground. Yeah. yeah, There's variance there, but he's been playing more under control in the last couple of seasons. You can see it. There's more confidence. It's just that maybe to get him started on the road at the swamp at night, the quick game. Let's get that quick game going, get the ball out of his hands, and let's get a rhythm going. Yeah, I think so. I think you you kind of simplify the game plan early before allowing him to start making multiple reads. You know, one of the things I like about Tate in the drop-back pass game is that he, he actually goes through those progressions pretty quickly when he's feeling comfortable, when he's confident. And other days, though, you know, he'll hold the ball. And he's an interesting cat that way. That's always been his thing. We watch him in practice, he's that way. We watch him in games, he's that way. There are days where you're like, wow, I'm not so sure this passing game specifically isn't better with him. And then there are days where you're like, well, that's why they can't play him. Because he won't let it fly. So it's very, it's just very strange. Um, I think it's a, it's a hell of a challenge here for Mike and for this offensive line. If you're Mike, obviously you want to do something to get him into a rhythm, get him comfortable early in the game adapt to the noise and the environs. I mean, there's just no way around it. That place, I don't care what Florida's record is, early in a game, if you haven't started a game of this magnitude, and he hasn't, it can be very intimidating. It's one of the better home field advantages, uh, at least in terms of crowd noise. Now, they lose all kinds of games there because they're not very good. But in terms of the environment itself, it's a good one. And so if, um, if you can get him comfortable, maybe some half-field reads early, maybe you move him out of the pocket a little bit, and then as he kind of gets his legs underneath him and feels good, all right, now we're just going to play football. Uh, and let's see how well, to the other aspect of that, Tom, let's see how well this offensive line can block it up. I, you know, I never know with us anymore. Uh, you know, it was very frustrating to watch the inability to get push against North Alabama in the first quarter to protect against North Alabama. It's a little annoying. It's what leads to Jordan Travis having to run down 13 to nothing, which is ridiculous. Uh, do they do a better job here knowing, oddly, that they don't have the same cat back there? I mean, you've gonna have to, you're going to have to protect this kid. Give him some time. Let a play come open because he will challenge a defense down the field if you do. Yeah, there's two parts to that. It's, you know, the verticality means that there's an aggressiveness, but it also means there's a greed. You know, there's a greed to the style of his play. Like, it was fun watching Dominic Robinson break it down uh, with the All-22 because he comes to the conclusion that we all have, which is there's so much good in there. No, there's like, a lot. The first clip he shows is a fifth read, backside read. He goes, this is this is professional. You know, it's just like one, two, nope, not there, not there. Flips the hips, yeah. finds him, target, boom. And then, Oh, he does that a lot. And then later on, he says there's a breakdown of uh, they're playing quarters. It's over the top, so there are two quick bench routes, just easy throws. He's like... There is no reason in the world you wouldn't just throw the ball. Yeah, right throw right the ball here, here at any time. And he's patting the ball, patting yeah, the yeah, ball, yeah. waiting for something to come open. So, it's you like that mentality in a sense because it means that you are aggressive, but you don't need to get greedy against this defense. If they'll Florida's going to give you something, yeah, they'll take give it, up. it. And because it's not one of those where we got to take our shots. This is one of the best defenses we're going to see. It's nope, the race nope, to seventeen. Nope, no, nope, nope, nope. they're going to give up a lot of things. So just take what's in front of you because they're going to do it again and they'll break down again and again and again as long as you don't let them feel confident at home in an environment yeah. and you show your body language is rattled. Don't do any of those things and this defense will give it up. 
you know, a punt's not a bad play. Uh, I would I would just tell him, you don't have to force anything here. We're going to have, to your point, a lot of opportunities. They're going to give some things underneath up all day long because they don't trust themselves. So you're going to be all right there. The middle of the field's open for business against their linebackers as well with our tight ends. Uh, Tate, you can utilize your legs. If a play breaks down and you don't feel comfortable, take off, get your seven and get out of bounds or get down. Uh, there are just so many ways to move the ball against this Florida defense. And that's and every team has found a way. Every team has found a way to move the ball against Florida, all of them. So you, you can do that. But even the other thing I'd say for him, which we don't for Jordan typically because Jordan is so elusive, but for Tate, sometimes even a sack is not a bad play. Oh, like, don't yeah, try yeah, don't and do this anything. thing yeah. where you know you're you're flailing and one arm is being dragged to the ground. And you try to fire the ball down because he'll do stuff like that. Yeah, don't, where he tries no, to keep. No dude, need. you there is no need to keep a play alive. If it's second and sixteen after a sack, that's we'll all live. right. We'll live. There's a good chance that we convert in the next two downs. Yeah, and I think it's um you get that message across, and it's it's a balancing act between wanting him to understand you don't have to force things, but also understand uh, that that. You know, living to fight the next play is how you get out of this thing without having to uh, create uh, an overwhelming mountain to climb. Like where you you turn the ball over early and you get down on the road here, and then you start wondering, yeah, that, that's a that's a recipe for disaster. You punt and live to fight another day. You're gonna be all right. They got a kid uh, making a start as well, who's gonna be pretty damn wide eyed against this defense. So you know, you, you, you let's see the game. The game's weird to me because. I can make an argument. I think you could, too. I think we could look at the segment groups and start to talk a little bit about how this could be a wide-open score fest. But I also can turn around and tell you that it's 20-17 to 17 late in the fourth uh, because of the two quarterbacks and because, you know, at this point, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it takes a little while for Tate to get going. You know, wouldn't surprise me. Not saying he will do that. Not saying he will, you know, struggle and, and guaranteed, I mean, he might not. He may come out and play with confidence. I just don't know what we're going to get early. Yeah, either way. And that's what makes this fun if it wasn't for all the stakes in the world in a rivalry game. Like, if this was a season where you already have two or three losses on the ledger and it's about how much noise can you make against your in-state rival, in a way, you tune on, you tune into tomorrow's game, you'd be like, all right, I got my popcorn ready. Yeah. I have no idea what the hell I'm about to watch, but this, this is going to be crazy. exciting. Yeah. But when you have so much that you're protecting – that you're eleven and zero, and let's finish the job, guys. Let's get to thirteen and zero. Finish for thirteen, as the hashtag goes right now, and then get into the playoff. And once you're there, who the hell knows? Maybe your opponent fumbles two or three times. Yeah. And the, you know the verticality right. of the offense. Yeah. There's a confidence that comes with that. But you got to get through this test. And Florida's going to throw a lot of tricks our way. There's a lot of eye candy to that offense anyway. In a sense, I'm happy that North Alabama played the game the way they did, which was tricks to the left and to the right, swing and gate, all kinds of nonsense, because Florida's offense is going to have a ton of wrinkles based upon the legs of Max Brown. They have figured out, also Florida has, to really put the game on their two kids in the backfield. Um, you know, ATN's really good, and they figure out better ways to use him now in the second half of the season. Uh, I think both running backs are good. And then, uh, you know, the Wilson kid's good, and I also, we all, well, hell, Lord knows Pearsall's good. So yeah. they got about four guys that can hurt you. And and they'll try to get the ball to those four guys a lot. Should be easy to defend. I said that a year ago. Pearsall's running wide the hell open. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going, how's that possible? He's the only kid well, they can throw to. They ran it down our throat when they completed passes. They were high-stakes passes. I think he ended up 
Richardson had completed nine passes, eleven passes. It wasn't something pretty. Low, yeah, it was but it was always, all in the first half, yeah. and it was always when they needed it, third mm-hmm. and forever or whatever. And you just knew, and it was an isolation matchup for was it greedy maybe at that point against Pearsall? I wonder who's going to match up in the slot with him. I had a hard time knowing who was matched up because they often weren't within ten <laughs> well, yards of Pearsall, so yeah. it was it was <laughs> tough read. Okay, so to that end, one of the most important players tomorrow that nobody's talking about is Akeem Dent. Because, two reasons. Number one, middle of the field, there were breakdowns left and right last year with fewer weapons for Florida. Right. And then secondly, with all the shifting that they do and all of the eye candy, man, the safety's got to get you aligned properly before they do all their shifting, after they do all their shifting, and then to sort it all out after yeah. the snap. So, like, you just, well, number one needs to stay healthy tomorrow. He's a critical piece to this puzzle. For Florida State, if you get the win, and I was asked this morning, I was on a show in Naples, and uh, they were saying, does Florida State need style points here? Maybe, but I don't think you go into games thinking about that kind of stuff. I don't think you go into games thinking about what's at stake. I don't think you go into games thinking about how you need to look. I think you go into a game after you lose your starting quarterback and the gut punch that that is and think, I just got to win. I just got to win the game. And that's the way Tate should think about it. That's the way the team should think about it. Just win the game. If you win, take care of business. We already know Michigan and Ohio State play one another. Somebody's coming out of there with a loss. I I suspect there'll be another loss within that group because I don't know that Washington's going to beat Oregon in the rematch. There's a lot of things here. Just just go win the football game and get to 12-0. and Complete your regular season undefeated. Take a deep breath. All right, let's go. Let's build on whatever happens in this game and go beat Louisville for the conference championship. I don't want to fall into the trap and the cliche about, you know, we have a hard time stopping running quarterbacks. Everybody does. I will say this, though. We have a harder time stopping quarterback run than we do traditional run. And so with his legs now, Max Brown's legs being a part of the equation, in a sense, I feel like this is a worse matchup for us than if Mertz were starting. And I know Mertz is having a very good season. Yeah, he is. But I just feel like given what we have been able to do successfully and not, this is a worse matchup for us. I feel better about the Louisville matchup when you're talking about our defense against the opponent's offense. Tomorrow concerns me more than next week. The only reason it concerns me more is because of last year's ability to come in here and just run the ball right down our throat, and that drove me nuts. And it's something that Oklahoma did as well, and those were two 6-6 six and six teams. And then Oklahoma was on their backup lineman, and they did it. And that's an area where I think, to some degree, there's a weakness in the ACC. And the lines of scrimmage, especially against caliber, you know, decent caliber SEC teams, I think is, is that area where you can get a little bit exposed early against bigger, stronger offensive linemen. And so we'll see Florida try to do that because they got a really talented running back. I mean, they, they, they have that. And that also makes life very easy on a young quarterback who is very inexperienced. At least we saw Miami two weeks ago in a similar setting. They can run the ball. The offensive line is far better at that than they are at pass protection. They're more straight ahead than Florida is. Florida can run straight ahead now. They can do that. Yeah. But they can go side to side and get your eyes moving left and right and then hit you up the middle. Miami didn't have that much variance in the offense, especially with Emory, really, Emory uh, Williams at quarterback. Uh, but still, I'm glad that we saw a rivalry test, a physical test, just a couple of weeks ago. Because that should put us in a position where we know what to expect. It's not that Miami is an SEC offensive line per se. It's a good offensive line, though. It's a physical group. And yeah. it is a rivalry game. So with, with the break in between, this is where the scheduling gods did us a favor. Once again, Florida is has been playing murderer's row in terms of week-to-week competition. 
they should be more beleaguered than we are if you're talking about the lines of scrimmage. They should be, in terms of attrition, more tired than we are tomorrow night. You'd like to think. By the way, Oklahoma leading TCU 28-13. to Nebraska leads – no, excuse me. Nebraska trails to Iowa in a score fest in Lincoln, 10-7 to in the second quarter there. That is a, an explosion of points. The total for today was 24 and a half. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, – how about that? Last night's game, Ole Miss wins 17-7, to and that game sucked. That was hard to watch. In fact, I stopped watching it, and I went over to the NFL game, which wasn't any good either. But I'd rather watch that than the nonsense on my screen last night between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That was yeah, awful. Football yesterday in general Ooh, had a rough day. Oh, a lot of ass yeah. yesterday. That was not good. Um, I guess the best game yesterday was Green Bay-Detroit. Jordan Love looked awesome. Played great. Well, we have a family Thursday only thanksgiving fantasy pool where it's uh there's five of us that play and it's all about not finishing dead last because if you finish dead last next year for the brunch at thanksgiving you have to wear one of those long sleeve gator shirts Ooh, no that, no, and no it's like the uh the pattern is the orange crocodile suit like it's the most disgusting shirt you've ever seen and so the whole goal is to not finish last well in my part of the draft i had dak and so I, at that, that worked point, out well it's all over. It's I'm not over. finishing last. Yeah, yeah. So I'm laughing at everybody else. That was the only reason football was compelling for me yesterday was because I will not be wearing that ugly shirt next year. Uh, touchdown Miami. They now lead 21-7 to over Boston College. Boston College, by the way, though, will go bowling regardless of what happens in that football game. And uh, I don't know how much action you have on today's games, but we've got some wagers out there today. Got some wagers for tomorrow. Got a few waiting on me on Sunday. This is a nice little stretch. It's hope against hope tonight at 8.30. If you want to talk about eliminations and, and you know spots opening up or cushion being generated, Oregon losing tonight would be a nice development. Oregon State wins. Yeah, if that happened, that would be nice. And then have Oregon turn around and beat Washington That's and just eliminate all their asses right then, now. At that point, you would want Texas to keep winning because I like having that buffer. The committee has a hard time of, of – you know, moving well, can, Bama past they Texas, can't. you can't. They can't do it. So I, it's a nice little shield. It feels like a chessboard. I feel like we got a nice little defense set up there as long as Texas keeps on winning. Texas needs to go ahead and take care of business tonight at 730 against Texas Tech. And for some reason, you just feel like that's going to be close for a while. Well, it will be. Yeah, something where you're just like, why is this close? Why is this happening? Well, Texas Tech played Oregon close. Yeah, know, well, that, that was like week two, and I that was a miracle cover for yours truly. That was one of the great covers of all time. A little scooping score in the waning seconds. It was beautiful. Uh, yeah. It I, was I, your Dwayne Bacon dunk at Cameron Indoor yeah, that was at it. the buzzer. You're like, what? That counts? That yeah. counts? Yeah. The Knoll fans at 7th Hill did not know. They're like, why is he celebrating? He's a Knoll. Like, huh? No, we already <laughs> lost, guys. So yeah. I've already dealt with this. Yes. But the, I did the, cover. I did get the cover <laughs> on that dunk that didn't mean anything. Yeah, it was nice. All right, so when we come back, we'll play the Andy Staples interview for you that I did earlier in the week. He covers uh, college football across the board. In fact, he'll be at Florida. Uh, excuse me, he'll be at uh, Ohio State, Michigan uh, tomorrow. But uh, was in town covering Florida this week, so I had a chance to sit down with him and talk with him about this matchup and how he sees it. We'll do it next. Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every 
time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. All right, let's welcome in Andy Staples. Of course, you guys know Andy Staples, covering college football for on three. Seemingly been doing so for a long time in one way or another. Andy covering college football, that is. Welcome in, brother. Good to have you on board. Thanks uh, for joining me. I appreciate it, Jeff. I we, uh, We're doing a home and home. So you're on my <laughs> show. I'm on your show. That's It's beautiful. It's the way it should be. All right, educate me on Florida. Uh, obviously, from a distance, I've watched them give up. A lot of points, and yeah. I've seen yeah, I've seen Coach Napier struggle with some, you know, things that uh, you famously asked a question about some special teams troubles, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he liked that question. Oh, that was Nick Delatory. Let's not blame me on that one. <laughs> that that was Nick Delatory from Gators Online. My apologies. Yes. I thought it was you. <laughs> oh, oh no, it is. Uh, but that has been a a bugaboo all season for them, and the fact that they have an analyst running special teams only exacerbates the problem and, and makes it look worse. But yes, hey, what, what, Florida State what, what, Florida State might expect 10 guys on the on the field during extra points and field goals. It's happened a few times. I think they'll welcome that, but I got to ask you, what's at the root of that? I, you and I talked when Billy Napier was hired, and Billy was a guy that a lot of programs liked. He was an emerging mm-hmm. star in the coaching ranks, and everything you ever read about him was that he was going to be very careful about which job he took. It had to be the right fit. They had to see eye to eye from the top on down, the president, athletic director, what he wanted to do, his vision for all of that. So I always thought this was a guy that was as buttoned up as you could hire and would probably make sure that everything was in proper order. And yet we've seen like these kinds of mistakes for two years. In your mind, why is that? Well, yeah, it was interesting because he came in this reputation of being very detail-oriented. It does seem he's very detail-oriented off the field. But on game day, it's, it doesn't seem like they're that buttoned up. It seems like they're a little bit loose and sloppy, and that, they've got to fix that. And he's going to have to overhaul the staff in the offseason. I, I think, you know, his, I don't think he's getting fired. His, his buyout is too big. Half of it would be owed. So the buyout is $32 million. Half of it would be owed 
within 30 days, I believe. They're, they're, that's not something Florida is usually willing to, to even contemplate. So, but making changes would be. So he has two offensive line coaches. Their offensive line is not very good. <laughs> Perhaps go to the standard one offensive line coach, use that other spot for a special teams coordinator, maybe. Uh, he calls the plays. It's very similar to Florida State where Mike Norvell calls the plays. The difference is Mike Norvell has proven himself an effective power five play caller and Billy Napier hasn't. So I think he's going to hire someone to do that. I think, you know, the, the team that, that Florida played on Saturday, Missouri, one of the reasons they're better is that Eli Drinkwitz took a look in the mirror and said, you know, I'm a better head coach if I'm not calling the plays. Mm -hmm. And so he, he hired Kirby Moore, who's been fantastic and they're having a great year. I mean, they're, they're, they're nine and two, probably going to go 10 and two, probably going to beat Arkansas. So it's really, it depends on the person because like, I think Mike probably wouldn't be as good if he didn't call plays. Like that's part of what makes Mike Norvell who he is. I don't know that Billy Napier needs to be doing that. So that part has to get squared away in the off season. The special teams coordinator has to be squared away in the off season. I don't know if they're going to make a change at defensive coordinator, but remember that the defensive coordinator situation was a little bit, you know, a little bit rushed. This past offseason, they had Patrick Tony, who had come with Billy Napier from from Lafayette, but Tony gets an NFL job. They go hire Austin Armstrong, who had been recently hired by Alabama as the linebackers coach. Uh, remember, Alabama hires Kevin Steele as the defensive yep. coordinator. They hire Austin Armstrong, who's a, a young guy. He's, I believe he's only 30 as the linebackers coach. So Billy grabs him and, you know, he's he doesn't have a lot of talent to work with but they certainly haven't made it look any better. It looks just as bad as the defenses under Dan Mullen looked at the end and possibly worse. So they've got to figure out if that's something they want to make a change with, or do they want to say, no, it's the personnel. We'll just get better personnel, which the other issue with Florida right now is they are very young, tons of freshmen, especially on defense, having to play. And that's probably good for the future. Not great for right now, especially playing against a, a fairly veteran Florida State offense. Kind of curious what the mood in Gainesville is, Andy, because, you know, if you have a young team and a coach that's, you know, had some bumps in the road here, but that that's kind of normal. Um, are they still with him? Is this, a, is this a fan base that is patient right now? I know historically no. that's not the case. <laughs> this is a fan base that's never patient. <laughs> it, it is interesting because you do see some people saying, look, at a certain point, you've got to stop the, the roller coaster. Like, you have to stick with a guy. And I think Florida State had that realization as well. The difference is Florida State didn't have the money to fire Mike yeah. Norvell when things looked bleakest. And if they had, maybe the, the situation would have been different. But giving Mike Norvell time has brought this, you know. And I will say, and, and here's the one thing you could tell with Mike Norvell. Like, I go back to that, that 2021 season. I think they started off 0-4. He has that famous press conference answer yeah. when he's like, I know what it's going to look like. Right. I know what it looks like at practice. We're not doing anything different. We're just going to keep doing this and it's going to work. And when you heard that originally, you're like, okay, yeah. that's what they all say. And yeah. sure. But I played that clip for Norvell before the season and said, you know, did you believe that yourself? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you could tell like, 
he felt like this group could do this. And, you know, I think a lot of it is, it's not just the coaches. It's also some, somewhat the players like Florida state had a group that was mentally tough that pushed through that pushed through the losing streak in the 2022 season and said, you know what? We're better than this. We can do better than this. I will say one thing that encouraged me about Florida this year that I wasn't sure I was going to see was the way they played against Missouri. And it's, it's interesting because it feels like the Florida fans are more mad about what happened at Missouri than they are about what happened at LSU. And I didn't get that. Like after the LSU game, that's when they should be screaming fire everybody, especially on defense. But they were just kind of resigned to everything. And then you get to the Missouri game and they're fighting their asses off against a really good team on the road. And yeah, they lost. Yeah, it looked bad. Yeah, you gave up fourth and 17. But this was a, a bunch of freshmen on defense, a young offense, an offense playing with a backup quarterback, just you know, like Florida State. Florida lost its starting quarterback in the middle of the game. And they were still fighting, which Mike Norvell, I think, would probably tell you that is a great sign. Like, that's what you want to see. But I, I just think it's interesting. The thing we don't know about this Florida team is we've seen Florida State do this multiple times where they've gotten up off the mat and and fought their way back. We don't know if this young group will do that at Florida. They've never been in this situation before. So it's one of two ways. Do you lay down or do you say, you know what? We need 15 extra practices. We need to go to a bowl game. Let's try to shock the world here. That's that's the, the attitude that the, the Florida State guys, when they were younger, took. We'll see if Florida does. It'd be less of a shock now that Jordan Travis is out, and that brings me to the question about quarterback, which you just brought up. Who's Max Brown? What do we need to know for Florida State fans watching this, listening to this, uh, about Max Brown? I know he's 6'2", 220. I know that he's, what, 10 of 12 in his career. He got in against Vanderbilt. I know yeah. that he can run around a little bit, but uh, what, tell me about this kid. Well, from Oklahoma and you know, came to Florida last year, and the the thought was that kind of a bridge to DJ Lagway. DJ Lagway is the the quarterback from Willis, Texas, who's the the 2024. I believe he's the number two quarterback in the class, number one, depending on who what recruiting service you're looking at. But we go by on three, of course, here. Uh, so, <laughs> but I it felt like Max had kind of gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit because Graham Mertz has another year of eligibility if he wants it. So Graham could be the starter and you bring DJ along without forcing him into the starting job. But the thing about Max is he you, you knew he was a good athlete. The arm looked good. So the thought is if he gets into a game, then he he might show you something. And he did. He, he came in at the Missouri game against a pretty good defense. And Ladarius Henderson, one of the scariest pass rushers in the country, he didn't look scared at all. And I thought that was really impressive. And because it's one of those things you just never know until the person gets into the game. I, I go back like with Florida State to Tate Rodemaker last year against Louisville. Yeah. I had no idea what Tate Rodemaker would be when he got in that game. Now we know. And then when Tate got into the game against North Alabama, you knew what you were going to get. You probably know what you're going to get with Tate against Florida. So Max, I think that was his first chance. So we've really only seen a quarter and a half of him. But 
He's a, he's a big guy. He can move. And it looks like he understands that offense. Now it also looks like they finally started to understand what they can do with Trevor Etienne. That's, that's the one thing that, you know, cause Montreal Johnson's a good back. Trevor Etienne's ceiling is very high, probably much higher than, than Johnson's. And you wondered when they were going to say, okay, let's do more with this guy. And it felt like against Missouri that they realized this is our star. Let's let him be our star. Will they run Max a lot in this game, do you think? Florida State, all teams struggle with mobile quarterbacks. I always hear fans say, oh, we struggle with a mobile quarterback. Everybody does. But will they run him? Is he that kind of an athlete? Yes. Yeah, he can move. And they will need to do whatever they need to do. Like this is this is desperation for Florida because they want to be bowl eligible. And the, the the idea of getting an extra practice is is huge for them. So they'll do everything they can do. Now, you realize if, if you lose Max, the, the, the offense suddenly becomes really bad. But it, it, at this point, it doesn't even matter. Right. They have to win this game if they want to go to a bowl game. There's really no tomorrow here. Do you get a sense, Andy, last thing? Do you get a sense of what Florida team will see? Is it going to be the latter? Is it going to be a desperate team that plays really hard, an opportunity to spoil Florida State season, their hated arch rival, an opportunity to get bowl eligible? Will they fight for Billy Napier? Is this is this the Florida we're going to see on Saturday night? I think they're going to fight. I, I, I do. I it, it reminds me a lot of, of Florida State under early Norvell. I don't know if the result's going to be the same ultimately. Uh, I think. There's some other parts of it that aren't the same, but the way the players react to the coaches seems very similar where they seem to be pretty nice bond, pretty willing to fight for one another. And I think you're going to see probably this Florida team's best shot at Florida state. I don't know if that's good enough, even with a backup quarterback playing for Florida state, but I do think you, you, the, the Florida state will get their best shot. I think you and I are starting to trend towards this being a shootout, buddy. And, uh, oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if they're gonna be great for the de- either defensive coordinator. Both of them probably gonna have a, a a pretty rough day. Appreciate you, buddy. Good to talk to you as always. He's Andy Staples on three, of course, and you can watch and listen and do all those things that you should do to Andy Staples, and uh, and 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 hopefully the Jeff Cameron show as well. So I'll see you down there, buddy. Be good. All right, see you, Jeff. Yep, take care. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. By the way, very quietly and... I understand where we're at in the season and why we would be hyper-focused on football and only football. And uh, I just I just want everybody to know, I mean, maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, off in the distance. I mean, it happened. I'll document it in a moment. I was pleased to have seen both the UNLV game and the Colorado game. So I know of which I speak. They're kind of fun on offense. That Florida game looks like the anomaly where they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. They torched the nets in the other two games, especially the UNLV game. I'll, I'll get to it. Let's uh, thank uh, Seth here real quick. Happy post-Thanksgiving. Go Knowles, boys. 
cooking a tomahawk and grilling some veggies and listening to the show, hoping for a big, hoping for a big game from Verse and a Tate coming out party. F-U-F and go Knowles. Woo! Thanks, Seth. Enjoy the grilling. Enjoy the football that's on in the background right now. Troy Noel, it was great to see you as well. Great to see you, Jeff and Tom, last Saturday. Appreciate you. Nice avatar. Yeah, that is a nice avatar. It was uh, – yeah, I know he's dealing with some tough winter times right now in the high country. It's cold up there right now. I like how the uh, the Super Chat color matches the color of your N7 yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is nice. All right. Uh, so, anyhow, I – I tweeted out at the heels of that tournament victory. Knowles win the Sunshine Slam tournament. Uh, that uh, I just choo-choo, question mark, ding-ding, question mark. Seemed to have a response, almost a survey question, if you will. Most people said ding-ding. I'm like, okay, well, that beats the beep-beep. Beats the hell out of the beep-beep. So if we're going to, right now we're at ding-ding. It may be a bit before we can give a robust choo-choo, but I don't mind if I do. I'm still curious. I don't know if we got an answer to the question. The CBI beep beep. Mm. How much did they spend to have Tiger Woods voice over the sounder <laughs> of the beep beep? <laughs> oh, man. So UNLV out of the Mountain West got torched by us. Beep beep. We won 83 to 75. If you didn't watch, I understand. But we had 19 points and 8 assists from uh, Jameer Watkins, 16 points from Darren Green Jr., 14 points from Cameron Corn, and um, we hit everything. We were 62.7% from the field. We were also 5 of 12, over 40% from 3. Made our free throws, 14 of 18 there. And uh, didn't play great defense, didn't play great defense, but you know what? That's a win, and it brought you to the championship game against Colorado, who's number 18 in the country. And uh, you come out of there with a 77-71 overtime victory in a game that was played uh, really at a tempo that's preferred by Colorado. I was stunned, stunned by Jalen Worley's performance. I I, I mean, I could not believe what I was seeing. I mean, a lot of times when he's on the floor, it's a nightmare. But my man went 7 of 11 and 5 of 9 from the free throw line. He had 19 points. You're never going to see it again. Tough love, Cameron, cares not for the holiday season of glad tidings. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that kid's been nothing but terrible since he arrived. And he was great. He was the catalyst, Tom. I would have never thought I could tell you that. Also, by the way, Jameer Watkins is fun. And nasty. And he was really good in this game again. He'll throw it down. On your face. He had a double-double, 18 points, 7 of 11 from the field. Team high, 11 boards. Had 10 points off the bench from DeAndre uh, DeAndre Green. That was good, too. Deontay Green, I should say. And we had, what, a 10-point lead six minutes into the second half? A lot of empty possessions. Yes. Got a little annoying. Got a little annoying. Got a little annoying. You find a way to have the ball, the final possession of regulation. Don't get a shot off. Not even close. Nope. But then you, you got under the basket, but you didn't. You know, no, got to yeah. get a shot off. But you go four of four in the overtime. Yeah, get you some. Darren Green with the with the three there kicked ass in overtime. I was, a lot of ass kicking in that overtime. So the overtime took so long. I was getting dinner to go during the second half, and it was going to get cold. I was going to bring home cold food, so I had to leave. 
with about a minute to go, minute 20 to go in overtime. My family will just eat cold food when I'm in that situation. Well, it's the game's <laughs> in hand. You're playing foul shots and whistles yeah. and timeouts. It's annoying and as it's hell, full but timeouts I got to see it. Sports I got to see it, Tom. So I'm listening to uh, you know the, the broadcast, and it's Colhane and uh, Adrian. Mm-hmm. And I forget who one of them said it. Here we go. It's another two-and-a-half-hour game. <laughs> Just like when we were in Gainesville. It's another two-and-a-half-hour game. Yeah. Long drive home. So, by the way. At least we won it. Now you've got, um, you know, this is this is, this is is kind of fun. You've got uh, four and one. Ugly loss to Florida. That was not cool. But, uh, you know, this is a lot better than we were last year at this time. We were we were done, buried at this time last year. Oh, I think we've lapped our non-conference uh, <laughs> We only had two wins, wins in the non-conference yeah. last year. We were two and nine. Look at us go. But yeah, I know. That's a really important win, though. If you could find your way somehow to be around that bubble come Selection Sunday, who knows? Maybe Colorado is actually good. It's too early to tell. A lot of ranked teams will be not even close to ranked when the season's over. But maybe, just maybe, this is one of those wins that keeps you in that conversation because we don't play a ton of out-of-conference well, We got Georgia coming up on Tuesday yes. in the inaugural ACC-SEC Challenge. All right, so we have that. And then we've got North Carolina in the ACC opener on the 2nd of December. And then you've got non-conference games against mid-majors. SMU, USF, both out of the AAC. Small conference team, UNF, Winthrop, and Lipscomb to close out December. Well executed. There it is. That's a tough list. Yeah. Winthrop and Lipscomb to I say back to back. Nailed it. So that's what you have. I don't know, man. It'd be nice to have to pay attention to basketball. It would be nice not to have to solely focus on football's offseason. You know, I mean, like, give me a little something to latch on to here. It would be nice, and I'm talking to you, Director Alford and uh, Chairman Collins, if maybe we could get the court painted specifically for the Georgia game to say the SEC-SEC Challenge. Maybe roll out an announcement with that game. Wouldn't that be something? Let's workshop it. I don't think it's going to happen. Not this quickly. But for now, here we sit today on a Libations Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for 4 and one Perhaps. Perhaps. A little ding-ding. Something better than 500? All we said was find a way in the last three weeks of the season to matter, playing for something. Get Coach Ham and his ravaged Achilles heel a shot to hobble into the NCAA tournament. Wouldn't that be something? That's all I'm hoping for. And then you could call it a day, and that's a good way to go out. So March 2nd, that weekend, there's a noon tip in Atlanta playing Georgia Tech, a place we never play well, no, no. matter how good we are no. and how bad they are. But wouldn't it be nice to be going to Georgia Tech and say, can we stop with the BS in Atlanta? We win this game. We're on the good side of the bubble. Just don't add to the bas- bad loss column right? with a Georgia Tech loss. No, don't do that. Maybe we could get it there. It would be something to behold, man. I would be elated if we were able to find a way. We'll come back, wrap up the hour momentarily. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. So, I am 
curious if uh, did you, would you take the over in this game? Where's your head at with this one? Got to look at the total. Uh, is it 50, 50, 51, somewhere in there is where it was? I could see it. I've had a hard time picking this game this week. I mean, I've picked us, obviously, and I'll lay the six and a half. I, 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 I tend to think that Tate's going to play well. He's got to survive early. He's got to survive. The- Protect him from himself. Yeah. That's what you got to do in, in the early going. It's just it's hard to know what we're going to do against the standard run, Florida's standard run. They have a lot of eye candy, and uh, Max Brown – can really run the ball like the the sample size is so small for one and then for two since you're watching either garbage time which I didn't even I just watched the the fourth quarter against Missouri to look at him and what they do with him Missouri's defense is not impressive they don't tackle well they didn't align well and yet they played pretty well against Georgia it was weird I don't know what happened well listen Florida's offense you saw the passing numbers this year I'm sure you looked into the advanced numbers if you go to EPA and success rate Florida's passing offense. Now, this is what they lose without Graham Mertz. It's a big deal. They're they're 19th in total EPA. They're 23rd in EPA per play. They're 19th in uh, EPA per game. They're, what are they, 30th in success rate on offense. They've moved the ball all year long. They can put up points. They lose that now with him out. Now, we'll see, you know, what Max does as a runner, which you're worried about, and I understand that. But that's they can also run the ball very well. They've run yeah. the ball exceptionally well this year. Those numbers, again, in order, 33, 29, 33, and 42. Uh, so they're top 50, no matter how you look at it, rushing offense. So it's uh, this is what I put in the article. It'll appear on Warchant tonight and tomorrow. But it's um, it's just impossibly small, the sample size, to know what yeah, the offense is going to look like. No, you can't know. This but, is – yeah, what you can know is the base plays that they have for him right. because they can't run the Mertz offense with this kid. So you had to have a set of base things in case of emergency, it's in case RPO. of an injury. It's all RPO stuff. It's just like two years ago here, yeah. the Jordan, the the 1.0 Jordan offense, yeah, where they have basically a read option, triple option, yeah, where it's give, keep, and then there's a bubble outlet. They run that to death. They ran it to death on Saturday, I should say. Yeah, I was gonna say he's only thrown 12 passes. Right, but he ran many times in that situation where where there's an out. Yes, yeah, so and there was yeah. all, eight of them were. On yeah. Saturday. Yeah, I think it was a yeah. seven or, or it might have been yeah. seven. Seven, yeah. yeah. And then all of his running yards, he's got 42 on the year, all of his rushing yards came on Saturday. Yeah, and he averaged but over five yards a carry. Yeah. Most of the time he kept in those situations, but they do have a bubble outlet with blockers on a read option. So it's a triple option. Jordan ran the hell out of that in the first year. I remember the North Carolina game was a great example on the road where they, they kind yeah. of quit for no reason. Yeah. Mac Brown quit. Very odd. That's part of their base, and then they got all kinds of pre-snap motions, like almost like John Gruden's offense back in the day where you have full formation shifts before they get set, and then there's motion, and Mizzou did not handle that well at all. So we've got to communicate well, which is why I say that Akeem Dent's critical, and having Kalen Deloach is going to be critical in this Yeah, game really well. important. That speed, you know, triggering, making a tackle, that's huge. By the way, where you see all the ugly colors on the – Spectrum of colors that you get there with that rate, you know, green is what you want when you look at the offense and a lot of these things, and you see the ugly red or purple depending on where you look. Florida's got a whole bunch of that. If you're wondering defensively, they are 111th in total EPA. They are 111th in uh, success rate. They they have had a hard time getting stops. And it's across the board. It's not like it's a good run defense, but their secondary is LSU's, and everybody picks on them. No, they, they've had a hard time. They give up five yards a game on the ground, and it's not just because uh, Daniels ran up their average. Everybody they play, Arkansas, South Carolina, Mizzou, 
you name it. They all run all over Florida. Here they are. Here are their numbers against the pass, and then I'll go to the run for you. You ready? Against the pass, they're 113th in total EPA. Their success rate, they're 75th overall. They're uh, 119th EPA per play against the pass. Sir, there aren't that many teams. There's 130-something. I mean, yeah, depending. they're 119th. Yes. Yeah. That's problematic. Now, against the run, they are 93rd in total EPA. There's, it's odd, though, because they are a boom and bust against the run because they'll have a high success rate, oddly enough, on just your standard runs, but they are 93rd per game and, yeah, 92nd. You, just, you can't run up the middle. They, yeah. they got they, Yeah, they have a house. They got a zero attack. Yeah. 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 Now, that's, it's fascinating to watch them. Uh, th- those numbers are alarming on that side of the ball. When anytime you just – if you take a collection of numbers, whether it's total or EPA per play or per game and it's success rate, and you combine all of them, and you see these numbers associated – this is the run and the pass combined. You ready? 113, 119, 113, 75, 93, 95, 93. You don't even have to know what that means. You just need to look at those numbers and go, that ain't good. That's not good, Bob. Hour number two.